Welcome to the car stream. Oh, wow. We have a record nine people here out of 80,000. Nothing happening there. There's nothing happening there. How y'all doing? Uh, today is my lovely wife's birthday. So uh, I thought we could all sing her a happy birthday. Wait for a couple people to come in. You know? Got a record 15, 16 people in the chat out of 80,000. It's not bad. Well done, Instagram. Well done. You've, you've, you've officially, look at, look at that. Look how cute. That is a, is that not the most beautiful, cutest Ching Chong in the whole wide world? Um, so yeah, we're going to all sing her happy birthday. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Megan. Happy birthday to you. I love you. Um, Megan, you are the best mommy. Um, if I were to start my life over... I would I would go find you to be to be the mother of my child, children, hopefully many more. Um, for those of you who don't know, Megan walked into my life literally uh, when I owned a failing jewelry store in in uh, North Hollywood, in debt, depressed, drinking every day, Tinder swiping, swiping my butt. Just swiping myself all around town. And uh, my entire existence altered when I met you. So thank you for walking in and uh, and incubating my, ba my baby, my baby sperms and stuff. Sorry, that's, that's a little graphic. But um, um, yeah, my life has just gone like exponentially to the roof and... Uh, I'm not sure it would have taken a much longer time to restore myself to faith uh, having not met you. So we love you and I love you. Um, what else? Oh, you guys, you guys, I put this on my story. Someone sent this to me and I don't know where this interview's from, but... Um, I think Jordan Peterson might be coming my version of Jordan Peterson. And I talked about this. I said, well, if he's going to be really straight and honest, he's going to start cussing, you know, you know, he, he's going to start talking straight. You know, he's going to he's going to say what he really means. You know what's in his heart. He's not going to guard his language. And, you know, it's like sometimes it's like, you know, if you have a problem, then it's like Fuck you. totally. And it's like, you know. I'm just doing what I'm doing, you know, and if you have a problem with it and it's you're like, why don't you come up and talk to me? And it's like, if your argument isn't very good, then it's kind of like, you. that's right. You know, it's like, it's like, what, what else is there to say? You know, it's like, once I break free of the CAA contract, you know, which is 80, 86 years old, um, in length, but somehow if I breach it, I'll really be able to speak my truth, you know, and that a man who can't speak his truth is a, is a, is a cow, is a man under the boot, you know, and it's like, I'm looking up at, up at my owners and my wranglers and my managers. And I just look up at them. And even with the loving eyes, I look into their, their faces and, you know, and you know, I'm, 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 sinking money into their pockets and everything and I'm feeding their family and all and that, that's all good and well but but really the thing I really have to say to those people is you know fuck you author your author your fuck you know um I don't condone cursing I don't think pe more more people should curse more uh but specifically it's a a prescription I made for Peterson a couple months ago in that um, first he has to go full on free, you know, outside the track, outside the constraint. And that might require some cussing and saying some dumb shit 
uh, saying things he might have to like, you know, reevaluate, saying some forward extreme stuff and just getting out there, you know, learning to juggle, you know, doing wa more wacky things. That's why his little thing that he came out with that little poem, most people pointed to that and they were like, he's gone insane. He's completely insane now. I'm like, no, this is the beginning. This is where, this is his uh, breaking of the shell. You know, it's going to look a little wacky. You know, this is what breaking out of the constraint will look like. He's got to act a little off because uh, that's the way you yell. That's the way you you uh, either scream for help or that's the way you, you crack what's around you. Because if you maintain the mold that they expect of you, then uh, you're just building more, uh, you know, bricks around your feet. And so I think it's, uh, I have hope, you know, and it's like, I mean, this is just my, my bias, you know, totally, ba you know, opinion based summary, you know, and I mean, I'm wondering what Peterson would think of my summary. What do you think, Peterson? Fuck you. Well, okay. Well, I guess we have it then. There you go. There you have it. Guitar team stream with Jimmy. Uh, I'm not good enough for that yet. That guy can pull songs. He's like a jukebox, you know. I got a lot of work to do. I can't do that yet. I am practicing more, though. <clears throat> Why did JP crack the last time? I don't know what last time. I don't know if he cracked. Oh, you mean like the whole meth thing? I think that's just um, the weight of of the uh, the weight of expectation and and being up on a pedestal. Like I don't think, you know, the irony is he always argues about you know watch out for for putting you know glorifying men. You know what happens you know when you do this, and so. Um, I think it's a way of just sabotaging something that is actually necessary to sabotage because it's a false idolatry of oneself. Um, and uh, you don't want to stay up on the pedestal. You know, that's why I never want to be up on a pedestal. You know, I don't want to be, uh, I don't want a statue made of me. The meth thing. Yeah, it's benzos and whatnot. His benzo addiction. Yeah, shadow banning, you think so? Look at that. 48. 48. Crazy. <clears throat> They're going to make ma vaccine mandatory? No, they won't. They'll just make it uh, pre, uh, you know, your payment into certain areas. But you got to just, you got to think positively about this. You got to question, well, if... All of the major places, you know, that they're uh, creating this stuff. You know, this is the this is Madison Square Garden. Download the MSG Venue app. Access your digital tickets. Complete your health survey. Show your PCR tests. Go to security. It's fine. You want the you want the sheep who support this to go for it. Go for it. It's your life. You follow man. You follow. This not that nonsense. Go for it, but you got to realize that all of these places, uh, they could only do this because of how dependent we've been and how led by bread and circuses, um, how how led we are with our appetites and our conveniences. And I and I rail about this all the time because it's so important to see that it's um, you really look at the preconditions for all this stuff. What are the the requirements, prerequisites for this kind of nonsense? Is everything we've been doing up to this point and we're all we're all responsible for it and so the good news is that uh people are like reporting and like you know uh health genus uh, health apartheid apartheid in uh israel you know separating people based on yeah that's a that's an unfavorable horrific authoritarian move and it's also cyclical and it's also never not happened in the history of man 
it's not like it's a new thing. It's just a new, a new Trojan horse, a new tool, a new, uh, a new apparatus to do the same thing that's always been done in history. And so, um, the good news is that the, the splintering of this is going to, um, catalyze the movement. Um, how do I say this? It's going to, it's going to create a stark contrast between the way people choose to live under the thumb of an unelected medical dictatorship, um, and those who choose to not participate anymore. And it's going to get a little crazier because as these, uh, larger places like Whole Foods, if this follows, if the Whole Foods and all the biggest companies that you kind of need at this point in your life, you know, um, uh, if they move forward with this kind of, uh, medical surveillance and there's no fight back, uh, the war isn't to take them down. The war is you have to actually go elsewhere and the, and it'll get more, it'll, the contrast of the two sides, the two worlds colliding, uh, will become, um, ever present as time goes on. Um, because they're using all of their cards, you know, it's not like Madison Square Garden has a vested interest in uh, creating some sort of medical surveillance apparatus. You know, you know they they use vendors, they use new systems that are sold to them and pushed on them by medical um, authority, highly suggested, uh, recommended, um, and so you know all of the biggest places that that uh, house or or supply the most people, you're going to see more of this stuff, stuff. And it's dependent on your state. I think the cool thing about where we are is that uh, now is the time to really um, appeal to, you know, secondary to moral law and God and, and your own uh, control and your own um, uh, discipline morally in your, in your life. <clears throat> Secondary to that is appeal to the state's power. And um, the United States is unique. Um, and so while I reject at the philosophical level, at the highest level, uh, I reject the feather pen law because I really do think it's a, a somewhat of a, a uh, inversion of God's law or a mimic, uh, a, a counterfeit. Um, the utility of state power um, for arguing or protecting ways of living that you prefer, that you think are aligned with your, uh, moral compass, the moral compass. Uh, not that the two are, uh, are one, you know, because, um, systems, I had this argument with this Catholic. I actually had to block him cause he was so arrogant, uh, more arrogant than me. And so that's, that alone is enough to block someone. Um, but he was trying to argue that systems can be moral or immoral. And I was, no, a system is a, an arbitrarily constructed, um, tool from man. So if a system can be moral, that means man can create morality. Um, a system can reflect the morality of a people. Uh, they, the law, the government can reflect it, but it can't embody it. It cannot be equal to morality. It cannot, you can't point to a system. The problem with that, other than the obvious that systems are material and you can't base, you can't point to an inanimate logistical, um, uh, program or, or a facility and say, that's a moral facility. No, it's inanimate. It's material. It's, there's no inside of a system, there's behavior. So only behavior can, can be a departure from good, can be evil or, or good or, uh, honoring moral law, not a system. A system is something you can't even point to just like a dead entity, like a company. There is no evil company there. What, a, what's a company? How can a dead thing be evil? You know, it's just, it's, it's inanimate. There's nothing there. And so, uh, he kept, he kept arguing cause he was, uh, defending, the Catholic church. And he was, he went after like, um, he was like, we, why are you going after this person? If you can go after the Jews and you go after the, uh, this and that, and you're like, I'm like, okay, scapegoat man. Where, where are you? Where are you looking? You know? And he was talking about like 
ethnic um, homogeny. He was talking about replacement, you know, the great replacement, demographic replacement. And I'm like, you, your worldview, um, that a system itself is is the is what we have to shoot for, a moral system. Um, that puts it in the material. And so the problem with that is that um, people can do immoral things, horrific things. Actually, in the history of mankind, people did horrific things in the name of protecting a system they deemed moral. And so if you fight for morality and you try to uh, conflate systems, uh, logistics, structures, man-made stuff. If you try to if you try to ground morality in those things, you basically have an out. You can your your ends in protecting that system ultimately um, justifies the means. And that that was the irony of the argument I had, which was like, dude, your whole entire basis uh, view is that uh, things in the natural uh, we ought to form systems and then make the systems moral you're like no there's no tell me one system that's moral that's that the man creates there is none you can't you can't ground it in a in a thing like that you can't ground it that's what bill gates wants to do a system the most moral that's utilitarianism and it's no wonder why i mean the 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 branch of catholicism that tries to ground morality and material is basically natural law, which is like, you know, Thomism, you know, Aquinas, uh, trying to harp that, you know, in, in short paraphrasing, like that you can, that, uh, that you can find morality in all of these things in the natural world, you know, you can't, you can't do it. Did the second dose of vaccine kill the lady? We'll never know. It does. They've got it set it up so so nicely where you know it'll never be it'll never be the poke that's the reason never ever. So don't even I wouldn't even chase that. You'll never know. They'll never even if it was. It doesn't matter. It really just doesn't matter. Those people choose their their existence. You know they choose. You know you want to choose to get Maxine while you're pregnant. You want both vaccines while you're pregnant? You know, give give people a choice then. If that's what you want. You know, just uh, accept the consequences, accept re- responsibility, and you got to live with all that, you know? It's all, it's all up for people, you know, to do. Tard coins. Yeah, we're, we're getting definitely, I think the uh, Bob Tards are getting drastically um, shadow banned. Big time. Oh, this is interesting. Your personality con- is controlled by your immune system, according to a study. Well, that's uh, that's convenient. Okay, that's convenient. They'll push more of that stuff. You know, that's basically like uh, Brave New World stuff. You know, where where the medical establishment uh, is so. Uh, the foundation is so strong in culture, in, in society, in the way we operate day to day that the next level is um, engineered uh, engineered morality, engineered personality. You know, that's when they get in, into inter, inner space, truly get into inner space. And people, um, of course, they won't be able to like, they won't even need to prove that because the placebo effect itself would be powerful enough to... Um, to have a self-fulfilling prophecy in this kind of bullshit where uh, they want to get into your immune system to alter your personality. Uh, oh, this is interesting. This is a, a video showing um, how easy it is. Everyone's like, oh, you know how hard it is to fake a landing in this space thing? Okay, let's see how hard it actually is. Oh, so difficult. Oh, look how hard it is to Oh, it's just incredibly difficult. Oh. Very difficult. 
Easy peasy. See, we all know this. You know, we all know. It's just that the person, the believer, the NASA believer, will look at that and be like, yeah, but, you know, and they'll just have to reason it away. And they'll, they won't confront the problem that um, that kind of tech, that kind of convincing media technology, um, they could never actually distinguish what, whether they're looking at something real or not. And once you start there, especially in this coming era, admitting there's going to be a point very soon where we, even us, you know, woke Bob Tards, uh, won't know between reality and non-reality in, in that world, in the world of media, in the world of the, the Black Mirror. But those people, they appeal to NASA, they will never question it until it gets so bad that their ordinary daily activity, that's not even NASA-based, uh, that's just ordinary interactions with things or media or the news or uh, anything, their friends, their family, where they're just like, wait, what? That wasn't, wait, that wasn't you guys. We got to start rethinking this. We got to, we got to start rethinking this. I don't know what's real anymore. Yeah. Cause you never, you didn't start early. You didn't start early enough, you know? And it's like, if you don't wake up, it's not my problem. It's not your problem. It's not the, it's not the Bob Tard's problem. It's, it's, you're going to have to deal with that. And, uh, you know, if you want to call us names, conspiracy theorists for telling you, for showing you blatantly what's possible and why government agencies like NASA and many others will abuse this technology, you know, and if you don't want to wake up to that, then fuck you. And that's it. Project, Project Blue Bleem. You should make a video of Mars liftoff with motivational speech from Jordan Peterson. <clears throat> ben Hammer Sheba. It's an interloper. What's Sheba? I don't see a Sheba. Here, Sheba, Sheba, Sheba. Here, Sheba, Sheba, Sheba. Oh, Sheba. Sheba. Oh, Sheba. Hey, Jimmy, have you ever touched tips? What? A uh, person with a mask in their profile. Uh, bye bye. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye. That JBP caught me off guard. Yeah, he's, he's getting in there. He's getting, he's in there. I would love to do an interview with him if I could just impersonate him. It's just that I've really, I think I've cut off a lot of opportunity because of how um, provocative I am and aggressive. Um, I don't come off as nice. I don't play nice. Um, you know, I'm arrogant. They don't like that. They want, they want, they want a really gentle conversation about, let's have a conversation about the things that matter. Well, I think that I think that it's people like us who have have these conversations that matter. Uh, I'm just too uh, just too much of a wild card, but they're missing out because it would be fun. It would be fun to interact and talk to Peterson as Peterson and have this funny interaction where he's talking to a version of himself that, from my view, is not far off. I think I'm pretty much in tune with a part, at least a part of his psychology that's accurate. You know, of course it's hyperbolic, but these people are missing out on a lot of fun, you know, when they, when they ostracize or they distance themselves from the fringe, you know, how important the fringe is, you know, how important it is. It's very important, you know, all of the fringe, you know, whether it's on one side, the Alex Jones fringe, which is arguably no longer fringe might be co-opty, uh, to, to Owen Benjamin fringe, the, the outer skirts, the outskirts of the, of what's authorized, what's acceptable is so important because it's the border. It's the border. It actually tells, uh, tells everybody on a map, uh, where you can't go. And, um, you know, people love to hate the fringe 
and love to ridicule it and go, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. but they secretly, uh, it's their fringe is so useful to them because they can reference it and go, oh, look at that. And so when you're on the fringe and you're a little wacky and you, you explore ideas that never hit mainstream table, top discussions, um, you're doing a service to the people that, that outwardly say they, they hate you or they laugh at you, but you just have to, um, accept that you'll never get, um, the credit or the, the uh, appreciation from those people, even though you're doing them a great service and they, whether they know it or not, some of them might understand eventually that how important the fringe is because it's ultimately the canary in the coal mine, the, uh, the mine, um, the thing, the detonator that tells you, okay, we're, we're beyond the point of no return. You better use the fringe as your barometer. You better start paying attention and, um, you don't have to respect the fringe. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the people themselves, but, but the, the fringe itself as a concept, as, as a, a part of the map is unavoidable and extremely important. So, you know, for you, Jordan Peterson people and all, all you safe, uh, who you call the intellectual dark web, um, what part of a dark web is, uh, on the face of most mainstream media selling books at borders and doing talks everywhere in the world? There's nothing dark about it. There's no intellectual dark. There's no, uh, you're not talking any, uh, topics that are, you know, off, uh, you know, off limits, not even close. That's why I think that entire thing is a controlled, uh, operation, you know, control the range of discourse, label it something so yo aren't you intellectual we're covering we're covering ideas they're not we're not even allowed to talk about it college campuses let's go to the dave rubin report and sit down it's like no that's not dark that's not that's not under the radar not even close <clears throat> oh i wanted to also talk about uh, Megan and I watched uh, South Park, the vaccination episode. And, you know, I never totally got into South Park. I think when there was a part of me that liked the brutal potty humor, it was funny. Uh, but I got to say, there wasn't, I didn't laugh at one single part. Um, and it was, it wasn't that they have cheap jokes, you know, low tier stuff. Oh, the, you know, a teacher gets her period. <laughs> um, it wasn't that. It was that. They're, they're, they stayed so safe in that narrative. They, they made fun of Q, which was funny. I didn't laugh, but it was fun. I could see how it's funny. Um, and then, uh, they made fun of like, you know, standing in line at Walmart to get your vaccine, but they not, they didn't once cross a line and, and, and reveal even in an artistic, funny way that this thing is complete bullshit. They didn't touch it. They did a soft lob, almost, um, almost an advertisement for the entire thing. They are so safe. Shame on you, boys. Shame on you. You guys really failed. You failed. If you do a vaccination uh, episode on South Park and you didn't piss off anybody, uh, you didn't do anything. So you might as well just stop. Just stop making stuff. Um... It, it almost inspired me, you know, not to, not to get too confident, but I was like, oh, their place in the world of animation is up for grabs. Hear that? All of you animators, creators, the place that South Park once took in culture as the jester is now up for grabs. Announce it. Announce it along, across the land. Do, 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 do. I hereby declare that the the archetype that South Park played as a cultural jester across the people, representing all the views and all of the absurdities, is hereby up for grabs. I'm not mad. It's just how this goes. I'm disappointed. I'm not mad. Why do you use science cars and phones? <laughs> That's so stupid.
PC principal was the last really good season. Yeah, I don't even remember that. Was that like years ago? I, I, I remember something being brutal enough where like, oh, cool. They just, you know, they go after it. They go after Hollywood. I liked when they went after Hollywood. That was fun. But they're not, they're so afraid. I don't even know if they're afraid or they're just kind of old and tired. And they're just like, you know what? I'm just, um, I don't know. I just do a period joke or something. I don't know, you guys. Just get it done. We we told them we would do a vaccination episode special, okay? Just do it, okay? They're probably not paying they're not paying attention to what's going on. They don't know what you know. And that's the other part. They just made fun of the Q stuff, but they didn't ever um they made fun of like, you know, the elite drinking blood and all this shit. But they never they never put it in a context where it could be uh some element of truth to it. You know, not the general Q narrative, but parts of parts of the the uh common uh disregarded dismissed smeared um um reality you know the smeared truth about uh what goes on in those deep uh deep dungeons of Dawkins <laughs> they were told to downplay yeah they had to have been it just it ain't you know if they're still if they're still present to to being honorable, they probably felt it. You know, that's the least I can hope for is that they saw it and they were like, you get, you know what? We kind of, we kind of winged it. And, uh, we didn't really, uh, we didn't really push any buttons. They lumped Q and Bill Gates microchip. Yeah, exactly. You know, they, they, they belittle, uh, the, the concept that there's a large competing mass of technocrat psychopaths uh, trying to get inside your body, like it's not a theory. You know what I mean? It's like the it's not a theory. It's not some wacky theory from a basement. It's reality. The genomics is a reality. Uh, the push to get inside there, the the push to engineer the immune system is starting. It's begun, and people think, oh no, it's just a, we just don't want that sickness. I don't want to lose my smell. I don't want to lose my smell. And these people are like, yes, that's all it took. That's all it took. A fainting Chinese person from a a closed captioned security cam and uh, someone losing their smell. And all of a sudden you've opened the Pandora's box for um, uh, gene uh, production, encoding. That's 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 it. And that's all South Park, you know, shows. Oh yeah, vaccine. Yeah, those two are linked together. Okay, whatever. Gene therapy instructions is a goldmine. Absolutely huge. It's just huge. And the thing is, it's not all like this horrific. Like you know, the the pot the potential logical outcome is horrific. It's always it always is because it always ends in man playing God, of course. But um, at the superficial level. It wouldn't be smart to interact with it as if every little thing they accomplish or do is harmful because that's how you smear yourself. That's how you discredit yourself because the reality is the pathway for man to becoming his own God can't be uh, paved in complete lies. It has to require some element of truth, uh, tons uh, tons of um, pragmatism, tons of actual real life application because it has to be convincing. You can't just do it on a full lie. And so yeah, they will, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll use gene coding. They'll use the messenger, um, technology to potentially, um, I mean, that's when it gets really crazy actually is when, if they have a massive breakthrough and forget like, you know, Karunka, something else, you know, if they, if they, push through and, uh, accomplish one, um, what would look like a universally ideal, uh, outcome if they accomplish that, like, you know, can't some version of cancer, some version of something, you know, out, a little bit bigger or more, more prev- prevalent than, uh, the, the cooties, um, then it's going to be even easier for the, the people to get on board and, and appeal further 
to the medical establishment um, and they could take it wherever they want because that will be the carrot. The carrot is like living forever, you know. The carrot is, oh, you spend more time with your grandma. <clears throat> All the radio and TV paid for, yeah, they are paid by pharma. I can't smell farts anymore. Why you use science phone and cars? Jim Bob, my girlfriend wants to take a break and I'm super sad. Um, I could, you know, I could see you sound like a little emotional. Maybe she needs a man in her life. And by the way, there's no such thing as a break. You know, you don't take a break from your life. So you move on and you find a woman who's not caught up in taking breaks and whatnot. You know, obviously, if someone's gotten to the point where they're going to use that phrase, you don't, there's nothing to take a break from. If some if your relationship is is so mundane and so not exciting and um, that someone can use the phrase I want to take a break you know it's like if your relationship is something that you know you can take a break from and it's no big deal then it's over it's been over so you know have your um, pity party for a day you know. You can, you can mourn death. It's a death of an idea, a death of something. And then the, the more open you are to experiencing the death of it, your, your heart will open and you'll, exp- you'll find something new. I mean, the, the reality is you don't ever want to, you don't want to really commit to someone who's, uh, who can, who can use that phrase, uh, not because they're terrible. It's because they've already told you through that phrase, how they look at the relationship. It's not cards. It's not Monopoly game. We're not playing uh, Settlers of Catan. I just need to take a break. You know what? I just need to take a break. Okay? What, do you got a shit? You got a shit and then we're going to get back together? It's not a bathroom break. It's like, if your relationship is something you can take a poop break for, then it's nothing. You don't, you don't, you never had anything. So, um, I would say understand that at a, at a higher level that uh, there was nothing really uh, there because if there was, taking a break would be such a risk in losing something. So obviously there's nothing to lose. Maybe from your perspective, it's sad and it's like, you know, what the, what the hell? I didn't see that coming. But the, he's, she's giving you, she's giving you a, a uh, it's a blessing. She's telling, in a way, she's telling you the truth. She's not doing it in a very courageous way, but um, you got to look at it for what it is. It's a communication. It means, oh, oh, we were, we were something that you could just walk away from and just take a break from, like a game of darts. Um, you know, I'm gonna. Oh, do you want? Do I want more coffee? No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna take a break. I just, just relax a little. I mean, just look at it that way. There's no taking breaks. You move. You move on. You're the man. You move on with what matters to you. Find your gifts. Express them. Get good at something. Pursue something. Be aggressive. Be a man. You will attract the woman that who doesn't want to take a break from you because you're you're awesome. You know? And from doing that, you'll your hair follicles will probably get thicker in, in your face. And so, uh, you know what, you know what I mean? So don't worry about her and don't hate her, you know, you know, just, you know, don't be mean, but at the same time, Fuck you. you know, that's it. It's a blessing. It's always a blessing. The, where you start 
suffering is when you hold on to things that are not true, like imaginary fantasies of what could have been or what was. And then you're just in an illusion. You might as well be dating a computer screen because uh, you're lying. So don't lie. Get honest. Feel feel it. Feel the burn. Um, and then the quicker you feel that, you'll move on. You'll scab up, callous up like a man. Get some splinters. Bleed a little bit. You know, learn so, learn a skill. I mean, put your efforts, you know, forward. You know, and not not backwards. Just let it go. There's no more breaks. That, by the way, you know, if you take that person back, it, she'll she'll never respect you anyway. It's over. It's over. How do you proceed out of the pandemic? There's no proceeding. It's as long as they want it. It's the same way it, it, the, the war on terror is as long as they want it. It's a new paradigm. It's not a thing. It's, it's a paradigm. It's a program. It's a, it's a large-scale, massive psychological program, and it's running, running, and there might never, we'll never know the end. It's just that the opportunity is, um, like I said in the beginning, as these systems get more standardized, you know, the, the green pass, this pass, that pass, show me your insides, spread your butt cheeks, um, they're going to be maintained at the highest level of, of uh, production and supply, meaning the corporate class, they, the government and the people who want to start, start this new paradigm and, and get it, you know, you know, standardized, they need the arms and the buildings and the, the, the convenience and, uh, of, and the dependency on the largest companies. And so you can't have it without those and they need to shut down the small companies. So the way you fight the, this new paradigm is you constantly start new companies and uh, you don't take the larger money from the corporations. You don't get the big deals. Don't sell out to the largest uh, industry leaders. You have to start at the local level, providing, supplying to each other, and you don't boast about it. This is the other mistake. It gets on the news and you know there is some some aspect, you know, logistically, pragmatically, where you're like, get it out there. Look at this. Look at this homesteading community. Look what they're doing. You want to watch out for that too, because the, when you make something popularized like that, you become a target. So you don't need to do that because it's at the local level. We need to find a, way, a different way of growing out the alternative than using all of these massive platforms, ironically, to expose ourselves and, and be like, hey guys, look what we're doing. We're creating our, we're collecting our own rainwater and sharing with it. The, and then it gets big and then they come in and shut it down. I mean, that's the thing. The pride will always get you. So um, the way you get out of the dependency is exactly uh, what it sounds like. You know, get out of dependency. I'm not saying that's easy. It's simple, but it's not easy. Uh, it's not easy. I want to do that. I'm not doing that. But I know that that's what there is to do. And I know that's possible. So you you only need those two things and you only need to try, you know, that's all, that's all it requires. You only need to try because ultimately we don't know what's going to happen ever. And uh, the moment we devise a plan, we become our own Q-tards and we aren't Q-tards here. We're Bob-tards. It's different. Do I have a religion? Yes. Christianity is my, is my, my theology. Have you ever considered making a Jim Bob graphic novel? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on volume three of my comic. Savage means volume three, but I'm in the process of being trained up by a professional uh, graphic, uh, artist, uh, how to add volume, lighting, shading, uh, you know, a little bit more dynamics to my drawings because I, I, my plan is, uh, is 
finish a graphic novel. It's a big plan. Making a comic book alone, let alone a graphic novel that's a little thicker is a huge undertaking. So it's mostly a learning process for me, but yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like it. What if circumstances change and you'll have to be separated for one year? Are you talking about uh, with a relationship? I don't know what to say about that. I mean, I don't really buy into long-term, long-distance relationships. I think it's uh, silly, especially, you know, yeah, especially if you're young. How do you think the interaction between us and the Amish will be in the next three years? Uh, Envy. Is that the reason the Amish never monetized? Probably. They didn't, they monetized their products though. So I wouldn't say lifestyle, but, uh, no, they probably look out and they're like, you guys are just such slaves to your little toys and your things and your ease. And and we're like, why would we make our own butter and, and ice cream if we can just go down the street? It's like, you just apply that to everything and you think you're free and that's the twist. That's the inversion of uh, appetite. You think you're free. You know, the the Crowders and the Ben Shapiros and the Pragers and the Charlie Kirks, they push capitalism as good and they push efficiency as the good. Uh, sometimes they do it explicitly. Sometimes they do it uh, subliminal, subliminally. But essentially they're like, the bring down of poverty. It's like, Poverty? You just made a value claim that like po- poverty is some some aspect that should be avoided on a moral basis. How about the poorest people on on Earth are that are often happy? It's not a reason to pursue poverty, but don't act like poverty equals bad and rich and electricity equals good. No, that's preference. That's why all these people are prag- pragmatists. They're utilitarian. And then they jump on the, the Christianity horse, you know, and do their little cowboy dance, you know, bucking around the rodeo, Charlie Kirk on a white horse, waving around his money. Uh, The capitalism is good and the socialism is bad. Uh, The capitalism has elevated more people out of poverty. Uh, It's all such bullshit. It's, it's such bullshit. But it's very, you're very vulnerable to it because you feel like you're free because of time, right? The, the experience of the, the spell called freedom is often uh, sold in the packaging of, of more time. Oh, I freed up some time. Oh, you're free. Oh, so much freedom. You can just order something and wait for it. And, uh, there's so much freedom in capitalism. You can just take money and it change, exchange it. And then you don't have to get your hands dirty and you don't even need to know where it's made or anything. It's a freedom, total freedom. No, it's actually the opposite. It's actually slavery. It's actually, you're a slave to, um, other, to external, um, devices. You're a slave to being fed by something outside of you that you have no agency over. It's the opposite. That's why I say in the near future, when everyone has a helmet on and they're living in what they think is their ultimate fabricated version of heaven, you know, where they're just, they have a helmet on and they're, they're either choosing to live in the hell or a heaven. It doesn't matter. They're in a helmet. And they get whatever they want. It's a sort of digital Wally world, you know? And, and from their view, they're in heaven. And they are their own gods. Because in their experience, they are. Aside from taking a break, speaking of taking a break, you know, going potty, that is if they don't have their own system to, to alleviate that necessity while they're in their immersive state, you know, they could just be pooping and peeing while they're doing it, riding a dragon, you know. And it's like, fuck. It's like, to them, yes, it's heaven. 
But if you simply pull out a little bit and look at look at look at it from a, a wider lens, what you have is a, a bunch of isolated people who are who are immersed, who are paralyzed with a helmet on, not moving, not actually connected to other people directly. And while and so the highest the most convincing state of of godliness via technology as some would call a whisper helmet in the highest state of god of perceived godliness the irony is that you're in the ultimate state of enslavement because when you really look at it there will be an entity that is governed by a man or a group of men or a woman or an AI program that is delivering you all of your sensations via helmet. And it's only until that breaks down that you really realize, and I mean really realize, that you've been in hell the whole time. You know, and so that's why I stay away from that virtual reality stuff you know, even though it's kind of interesting, you know, it's like I could probably develop a really cool program about the self-authoring suite, you know, where you go into an office and there's snakes on the table, you know, you know, snakes on a plane was very symbolic for me. You know, I don't I don't think that most people saw that film the same way I did. You know, I saw it as, as strict, pure brilliance in, in, in symbolism, you know. And so, so yes, it's tempting to interact in the immersive state because you can convince yourself that something's happening, you know, that you're, you're seeking progress in some way, you know, but it's all chemicals, you know. So when, when someone offers me a helmet, you know, and I really think about it, and I mean really think about it, I'm just going to look them in the eye and be like, Fuck you. and that's how I'm going to handle it. You know, I've, you know, the C, I'm, I've pitched a, a couple of sequels because, you know, I'm very connected into Hollywood now. And it's like, you know, there were snakes on a plane and I'm like, why don't we do a version with me? And it's snakes in an office. You know, beyond chaos, snakes on an office, on a desk. Is that better? It's a little bit easier to say, you know, and I know how important that is in developing and creating a movie poster. Snakes on a desk. How about it? I want books on your philosophy. I don't have a philosophy. None of us have our own philosophy. Everything's theory-laden and borrowed, faith-based. We we don't know anything. We don't know shit. Are you investing in Bitcoin? No. I mean, I think Megan bought some and sold it, but that's all volatility. It's all risk nonsense. The only thing worth investing in that world is something that's volatile enough where you make a lot of money, but then you have to get out in time before all the head people get out and they're all controlling that shit. Also, people are trying to push my me to do NFT art. And um, I just fundamentally see the entrance into that world as the entrance into absolute uh, um, financial control, loss of agency, you know, and you get all these, these artists, you get like uh, what people, there's all these like artists that are like new Banksy level artists and they're all pushing this stuff. And it's like in the news and I see past the narrative at the particular level, they're like, Oh, look at this. You know, people, people sold a, a piece for $88,000, you know, or whatever. And there was this, uh, Australian artist, lush, lush X. He does like funny meme, uh, murals. 
And uh, you see all these artists getting in on it, but they're actually being used. Yeah, they'll get rich, but they're using they're being used as a tool the same way like Shepherd Ferry was used as a political tool. The, they're being used as an economic tool to make it culturally um, um, appealing to the masses, to to subculture, to the to the anti-establishment crew, the art, the arts world, you know, and they're trying to make it uh, really appealing. Oh, you want to get in here, get in this, get, do this, you know, get into Bitcoin stuff. And, um, the trick is it, it, just like the original Bitcoin when it was created by very likely, uh, the, 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 uh, NSA, if you read the white papers, you'll be convinced of that. Um, and so they corral people culturally and they try to get it like, you know, cool and hip. And then, uh, it basically shepherds people into a fence, uh, system where, uh, all of your agency is now, uh, not physical. It's all imaginary. It's all on a ledger. It's all on a server. And what happens when you get on a server? What happens when you shepherd a bunch of people who think a certain way onto something, I don't know, called parlor. And then, uh, you realize it's on a server. What happens? Well, whatever can happen will happen. And we saw what happens. Same applies to these guys. You know, in the short term, you're like, oh, cool. I'm going to get in ahead of the game and I'm going to get on the ground floor. I'm going to get rich, sell some Jim Bob NFT stuff. Get it. It's going to be awesome. No, I can't do that. You know, and I was about to do that. I was working with someone who was like kind of, kind of telling me how it works. And I was like, I wasn't totally against it. I was like, ah, it's like a new thing. I don't, I'm not really interested in, in it because I can't. It's the, the experience itself is not very creative and connected to people. It's just out there, you know, but beyond that, I look at it and I'm like, oh, the trajectory is perfect. It really is a co-opted movement. You know, all movements are co-opted. Everything you see in the news, people think, oh, everything from the government don't believe. And then, you know, everything from the news is a lie. But then you, then you experience a new trend, right? A new economic tool, a new trend. And then people talk about it and they, and, and your impulse is to go, oh, no, no, all that other stuff is fake and, and a manipulation and toward a goal and being used for a goal. But this, no, the new things, the new cool stuff. No, 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 they're not. This is just cool stuff. This is just, you know, this is the new wave, you know, of art, NFT. It's awesome, dude. No, you can't have it both ways. If you're skeptical of, of mainstream being an, a weapon, an arm of something, then, and it's for sale, you know, pay to play, then it would be very naive to look at new emerging cultural phenomenons in, in technology and art and entertainment um, and not connect them to a, a ruling class, not con- at least inquire. How can this be being used for uh, the, the benefit of the, of the ruling elite? What do they want us on next? They're ahead, okay? They, they live their life planning 50, 100-year schemes, right? We live our life plan, uh, planning next week. So it's very easy to get sucked into that stuff. And that's why I'm kind of turned off by the whole thing because it's basically reducing art to a fake version of value, you know, that's out there and ultimately will crash. All it takes is something selling for $100,000 and then an artist deciding just to sell it for a, uh, his next piece for a dollar. Boom, done, over, gone, goodbye. And the problem is if you, you do, if you create a life where your physical reality is dependent on a Bitcoin kind of system, you're pretty much floating with an imaginary raft. You're, you're floating and pretending there's not holes in the raft that can be just unplugged at any point. And, uh, that's the reality. <clears throat> I gotta go. Uh, speaking of physical value, if you want a painting of a, of a comic, let me know, direct message me. Uh, I have various sizes, eight by eight inches by one and a half inches. That's the common one. And then, uh, I have like a 20, 14 or 20 inch. And then I have the two foot by two foot. Um, so that's the best way to support me. Otherwise, uh, subscribe star, sign up for $2. Um, I'm going to start 
putting a lot of more animation effort into Subscribestar and give people sneak peeks on Instagram and, uh, you know, the special people who support me can see longer versions of my creations. Um, anyway, beep bop. Yeah. Beep bop. Exactly. Um, happy birthday again, Megan. We love you. I love you. And, uh, you know, for those of you in Colorado, uh, stay safe and we're supposed to get a giant storm. Love ya. Bye.